They're a Montreal-based indie rock phenomenon that consists of a husband and wife team as well as several multi-instrumentalists. Welcome to WatchMojo.com and today we're taking a look at the history of Arcade Fire. <laughs> Copyright. Good evening and uh, welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast Music Edition. I promised I would talk about it. I didn't intend to go. There is a lot of controversy, but I went because, yes, Feist pulled out, Beck pulled out, and um, they had an, an uh, another opening act. It was a Haitian opening act, I believe. And um, I'm I went and saw Arcade Fire last night in San Francisco. They were playing two nights. I caught them on one night because. You know, I don't, I don't do the two nights. I mean, well, if it was Tool, yeah, sure, I would. Um, I wasn't really a fan. I went up to buy a T-shirt, and I went, eh. Boy, was I wrong. I kind of had an inkling. I was getting on the Bay Bridge, and my gut feeling told me, this show is going to surprise you. And it surprised me. It was visuals. It was sonics. It was, I mean, when they play as a band, they play as a band. I mean, um, I don't know how else to word that. Uh, there's different harmonics going on. There's orchestral. <laughs> there's violins. There's horns. There's. There's everything. Um, now I sound like Bob Dylan in that movie that Kate Blanchett played him. Um, it's watermelons, it's clocks, it's everything. Uh, I had heard of them. You know, I'd heard of the... I didn't... I never really sat down and listened to the suburbs. I'd heard their music off and on. Everyone remembers when they won Album of the Year at the Grammys in 2010. And even Barbara Streisand, who probably never thought she'd say that title the suburbs because i think they were expecting eminem to win or someone else um so they played at the bill graham auditorium civic auditorium in san francisco the first night was um november 19th i saw them last night on november 20th so yeah um I know you want me to stop saying, um, first of all, visually, this was stunning. They had a kind of like an eye shaped screen. And so the band would play. Well, first of all, the band walked out in the audience up to the stage. I, that was very interesting. They really are a part of the audience. And, um, some moments when would get into the audience and play, Regine, she walked over to the other stage. They had a little stage, and they had a mirror ball. I mean, it was... Uh, I filmed the whole thing. I filmed the whole thing primarily for the LNC. You've heard me talk about the LNC. This amazing late-night crew, this Canadian... I mean, our, the fearless leader is George Trombolopoulos, who has interviewed Arcade Fire before. Um, and I, and I had heard the suburb song, you know, I can't believe it. 
we won't play any of the music because it's copyrighted. Um, I I I was stunned by them. I was truly, truly godsmacked, stunned. Um, the 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 songs, the visuals. Yes, the and and it's fitting that this was my last concert of the year that I know of. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, I had started the year off with Tool, and Tool does this very this this visual sonic. It gets inside of you. It lives inside of you. Arcade Fire, same thing, in a different in a different realm. There was no moshing. Or as I've said to friends before, when I see moshing, it's almost like a blender because you just see it and you see people fly around and body parts don't fly. But, you know, phones fly and um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a there's some humor to that. They opened with uh, Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. Well, they played it and then they opened with Age of Anxiety 1. Ready to start. Um, what's this one? I'm trying to, you know. Rococo. Rococo, Cold Wind. Afterlife, Reflector, Creature Comfort, Age of Anxiety 2, Rabbit Hole, End of the Empire 1 through 3, End of the Empire 4, Sagittarius. Oh, the Lightning 1, The Lightning 2, Neighborhood 1, Tunnels, Half Light 2, No Celebration, Rebellion Lies, Unconditional I Look Out Kid, The Suburbs, the Suburbs Continued, Sprawl 2, Mountains Beyond Mountains, Everything Now, I Am Waiting, We Used to Wait, Wake Up. And they were on the B stage. There was another stage. There was the main stage. And then they walked over to the little stage. Now, they when began to read from Lawrence Ferlinghetti's Coney Island of the Mind. I have that book. I've read this on the show before. I've talked extensively about Lawrence Ferlinghetti. And he talked about how Lawrence Ferlinghetti came to his school. And I'm going to play that clip for you in a moment. It really, it really was, it was just awesome. It was truly awesome. I, I enjoyed every moment of it. And um, I'm going to play a little bit of it for you. You know, um, if I can, yeah, here it is. This is, uh, they were on the B stage. And to my surprise and to my delight, because I am a, devotee of Lawrence Ferlinghetti I have his books you know Coney Island of the Mind I've seen the documentaries here's that moment Two months ago, I was I found this copy of this book. It's called Coney Island of the Mind. 
and I stole it from my school library. I stole a, a signed copy, and I was looking through it, and I found this poem called I'm Waiting, and I'm just going to read a, a second of it. I know uh, it's a rock show, but... I'm waiting for my case to come up, and I'm waiting for a rebirth of wonder, and I'm waiting for someone to really discover America and wail. And I'm waiting for the discovery of a new symbolic Western frontier. And I'm waiting for the American Eagle to really spread its wings and straighten up and fly right. And I'm waiting for the age of anxiety to drop dead. And I'm waiting for the war to be fought, which will make the world safe for anarchy. And I'm waiting for the final withering away of all governments. And I'm perpetually awaiting a rebirth of wonder. I'm waiting for the second coming, and I'm waiting for a religious revival to sweep through the state of Arizona. And I'm waiting for the grapes of wrath to be stored, and I'm waiting for them to prove that God is really American. And I'm seriously waiting for Billy Graham and Elvis Presley to exchange roles, seriously. And I'm waiting to see God on television, piped onto church altars, if only they can find the right channel to tune in on. And I'm waiting for the Last Supper to be served with a strange new appetizer, and I am perpetually awaiting a rebirth of wonder. I'm waiting for my number to be called, and I'm waiting for the atomic test to end, and I'm waiting happily for things to get much worse before they improve. And I'm waiting for the Salvation Army to take over, and I'm waiting for the meek to be blessed and inherit the earth without taxes. And I'm waiting for the forests and animals to reclaim them. And so that's just a taste of it. And um, it was profound. It was profound. I'm not going to shy away from, yes, there is that, that elephant in the room, the allegations. He didn't address the allegations. He really doesn't have to. But we are all aware of it. Okay. So, whether, you know, if he made a mistake, he has to own up to it. But if, you know, this is this is a crazy world. It's cancel culture. But at the same time, things do happen and men behave badly. I'm fully aware of that. So... And we have the music. We have the music. The music is this healing spectrum that we have. And, um, you know, we had um, a very horrible shooting in Colorado. And um, it really pissed me off. But music is such a healing thing. And um, the LGBT community is such a strong foundation. And... My listeners are, some of you are straight, some of you are queer, some of you are un, uh, non-binary, questioning, bi, lesbian, um, and transgendered, and, um, and then many of you are also very conservative, and my wish is that many of you stop preaching your Bible, and stop preaching your hate. I understand separation of church and state right there. And yeah, you are in a country where you're free to practice your beliefs. 
but don't go after people after their way of life and who they love just because you are bitter about it and you are bitter about it. Many of you are. And usually I don't get political, but this pissed me the fuck off. Um, you know, people shouldn't have to go and have to worry about getting shot. And um, whether you're at a concert or whether you're at a gay club, you do not you shouldn't have to worry about that. And um, as Maya Angelou said, I'm taking my time. This is my moment to to say that to all of you. Because I have listeners all over the world. I am fully aware of that. And um, But what happened in Colorado, five are dead. Five are dead. And the bravery of um, those who stopped the shooter from going even further. And um, so uh, let me see if I can find it. Okay. I mean this this is a this is a crazy world. Um army veteran disarmed gunman uh Richard Ferrero said he was at a table in Club Q when his wife, daughter and friends on Sunday watching a drag show and he saw what happened. So and um Sunday I was at a concert and so you have to assume and I hate to say assume but you have to expect there's some kind of safety that no one's going to go out and go buck wild crazy. And art, art is a healing thing. A, you know, a drag show is a form of art. It is a healing thing. So for you to come in there and to dismantle that and hurt all of those people, which you did, 19 were injured, five are dead. Um, what kind of a country are we living in? And um, a lot of you are fundamentalist assholes. And I hope you don't listen to my show. Because I'm tired of you telling me, oh, what the Bible says. You know what? Fuck what the Bible says. And fuck your God. As Maynard James Keenan would say in the song, a perfect circle, fuck your gods. And fuck your gods. And I don't say when they... Do the Pledge of Allegiance, I don't say under God. That's my own form of protest. This country is fucked up. And um, Arcade Fire, they did something interesting. They were singing a song, saying unsubscribe, and then they said, I hope Twitter dies. And I walked by the Twitter building on my way to the parking garage. And I just kind of looked at it. And I took a picture of myself pointing at it. And I look intense. So if you if you're alarmed by the photo, that's why I look intense. I'm like, look at this fucking building, this shithole. Divisiveness and division. The one thing I that always annoys me about Twitter is is that when someone prominent dies, they they show tweets. It used to be that you had a publicist, and your publicist or you would release a statement rather than going on an app and doing it. But at the same time, I understand that also the app helps people who are um, have no voice in other countries, but it's become just a shitbag. So to be able to go to a show and to experience the healing of music and 
that's what I experienced with Arcade Fire. I mean, like I said, I was not really a fan going into it. But and and I and I was on the I was on the drive home and I thought, shit, I should have gotten a shirt. But then I thought I already have the memories and I have the, the videos and the photos that I took. Um as really my souvenir. And you know, that's always the thing. Oh, did you get a shirt? Yeah. Like when I saw Morrissey on Friday, I didn't get a shirt. I think we ordered posters and I ordered a mug because I like mugs. You know, I like I like coffee. But um as a queer man, I gotta tell you, that's what went on really pissed me off in Colorado. So, and I don't always voice that and I don't always, because people are always throwing Bible verses at me and I just want to tell them to shut the fuck up. Okay. Because I do have an imprint and I like to think that I have a force field around me where, oh God, deflect your Christian bullshit, deflect your Christian bullshit, you know, um, because we live in a world where all of you kill in the name of religion and you've been doing it since the beginning of time. And if you all say that you believe in God, I don't think God wants you to go around killing people in the name of God or Yahweh or whatever it is or the omnipotent. <sighs> you know, and um, I could get in trouble for saying this, but I'll say it. You don't see no self-respecting LGBTQ, queer, or lesbian, or gay person going around killing people in the name of religion. You know who you see doing that? A lot of straight people. A lot of straight fundamentalists. Let's, let's call it what it is. A spade is a fucking spade. So as a podcaster, I can use this time to say that. And at the concert, I think we were all feeling that. There was a there was a feeling of uncertainty, but then the celebration, because I felt like I was at a disco, and I've never been to a disco. I felt like I was at a club, and I don't really go to clubs, um, because the music was just ever-present. You know, you've got the disco ball, or mirror ball uh, in the ceiling, and the lights, and the spectacle, and the music, and the musicianship, and the sonics, and the visuals. So that's why we go to a show. That's why I go to shows. Uh, I don't go to shows to brag about it. I know people who do. I go because I want to immerse myself in this experience. That's why I go. So to win Butler, Regine, uh, how do you say your last name? Shashang. Shashang. Richard uh, Reed Perry, Tim Kinsbury, Jeremy Gara. Who else is is part of the band? I want to say thank you. That was that was such a beautiful moment to experience. I am now a devotee of Arcade Fire. Um, I drove home listening to uh, just the the music. That's what I did. Huh. Yeah. Uh, touring musicians. Uh, Sarah. Oh, she plays violin. That's always a beautiful thing when you have violin in your in your live band. Um, 
She's part of the touring musicians. Let me see. Sarah Newfeld. Sarah Newfeld, who plays violin, piano, keyboards, synthesizers. Paul, who is on keyboards, congos. Paul Bobrin, Dan, who is on keyboard or, or synthesizers, guitars. These are multi-instrumentalists, okay. Dan Bochner Dan and Eric, who is also, oh, accordion. I love accordion. Eric Hegel. Eric Hegel. Those are the touring musicians with the band. Um, My grandmother would have, my grandmother loved, uh, accordions i well she came up in a different time and also because i think it has kind of a of a feel because i think in portugal they played the they played the accordion in parts of the azores um and you know the beauty of arcade fire is it's all these different mixtures of music haitian rock pop uh dance uh funk i mean Art, art rock. There's, there's everything going on in Arcade Fire's arsenal. I mean, the fact that their name is Arcade Fire. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was a moment. I can hear the songs right now. I mean, I got there and I was like, okay, and I had a general admission ticket, and I didn't really feel like being on the floor. You know how usually you go to shows. I'll go to shows after driving for almost two hours. Or it felt like two hours. Yeah. About probably 90 miles, 93 miles a drive. And I thought, you know, I'll go up top and I'll sit down because they said I could sit in any seat. I was like, okay. Um, and so then toward the end, I walked downstairs just as they were doing the suburbs. They were finishing the suburbs and they had an encore and they came out and it was just amazing. And then they left through the audience. That's how they left. Um, but it was truly an experience and I enjoyed it so much. I was so stunned because the I didn't I I've talked about it, how I didn't want to go. I was like, because I really wanted to go just for Beck and Feist and they pulled out and um but it was it was a like I said, you got to trust your gut instinct. And as I was driving across that bridge, which I've driven many times this year, uh, I my gut instinct was like, you're going to be blown away by this show or either it's going to suck. And my gut instinct was right. I was so spellbound. I was so in shock. Like, what the fuck? I almost sold this ticket. So it's kind of some, it's kind. It's not kind of, it's good being wrong. It's really good being wrong. Because then you, that's the lesson learned right there. You shouldn't always be right. Alrighty. Let's talk about this concert list. This ever-present changing 2022 was one for the records. As I've said to people, I didn't plan this. 
a lot of these concerts had been preempted because of COVID, because of time changes. So in January, I started out with Tool. In March, Buddy Guy. In April, Ministry. Also in April, Deftones and Gojira. Oh, and, and the Melvins who opened for Ministry. In May, it was Behemoth. In June, it was Bob Dylan. In September, it was Joan Jett, Poison, Motley Crue, and Def Leppard. Also in September, it was Nine Inch Nails. Also in September, it was Buddy Guy. In October, it was Meshuggah, The Black Keys. Aftershock Night One with Slipknot and Evanescence and Rob Zombie. Aftershock Second Night on Friday, it was Lamb of God, Chevelle, Danzig, and the mighty Meshuga. In October, it was Pussifer. At the end of October, it was Chelsea Handler. And on Friday, November 18th, it was Morrissey. And last night, November 20th, it was Arcade Fire. So in all, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 concerts in all. Next year, it will probably be five if I count Aftershock because I'm going to all four days. But I'm also seeing Depeche Mode. So who who knows? If, if I were to guess, I would say probably six or seven concerts next year. Probably at most. If Behemoth tours, if Mastodon tours, if God forbid Tool tours, then fuck it. We're getting in the car and we're going. Some people go on cruises. I go to concerts. Some people go to the Indian Casino. I go to concerts. That's what I do. Plus, the last time I was at an Indian Casino, I was waiting to see Chelsea Handler. I didn't win. And usually I'm like, okay, I'm done. In in the past, I've won before. And then I don't gamble for a while. So that's that's just my prerogative right there. But yeah, it's been fun. It's been one hell of a trip. Um, but to be in the presence of Arcade Fire, as I said, I was not. I was not really a fan, so I really wasn't expecting anything. But at the same time, my gut reaction as I was driving there, and I'm looking at, I was driving, and I look, I was looking at the beautiful sunset. And you could kind of see it where the Golden Gate Bridge is and where the water is. And it was this like orangey glow. And you saw and San Francisco was lit up. And I kind of looked at that. And then that's when I got that inkling. Like my gut feeling was like this show is going to stun you. Don't don't assume that it's going to be boring. You're going into it with no preconceived notions or aspirations. This is really going to fuck you upside the head. And it did. In such a good way. I was just stunned. And. Um, the LNC is aware of that. I, I I really filmed it for all of them. So. But now it's this wonderful experience. And all day today I've also been listening to. My normal music. But also Arcade Fire. And I am just obsessed with the suburbs. And I'm obsessed with. Um. Regine, she does this great solo of, uh, what's it called? 
and she i mean it they I found this on the web no they were they were she was dressed to the nine really she was it that that is an experience right there um to just go out there and just give it sprawl to mountains beyond mountains where it's just her singing and she's got like the she had like these streamers and, and she was just glowing and glimmering it was it was crazy it, it like i said it was the visuals it was everything it was it was amazing and right now i'm going to drink some tea there's my bell <laughs> mm. so yeah I, I, as I say, I was stunned. I think of Dick Clark, you know, Dick Clark, when he first saw the Beatles, he was like, and I'm not comparing Arcade Fire to the Beatles. I mean, every, everyone takes something from the Beatles. I'll say that. But he said, oh, it's just another bar band. And he's like, I've never been so wrong in my life. And so with Arcade Fire, I was like, eh, it's just an alternative band. Big wow. They won album of the year. Big wow. And and a little of that is probably a form of uh, jade, being jaded. And usually I'm not. Usually I am excited. I'm like a little kid in a candy store when I get to see a band that I just absolutely love. And everyone else is like, eh, if they don't do that song, I'm going to eat them. Okay. Like when I saw Meshuggah and they didn't do Bleed and people started losing their shit. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. <laughs> but I want to thank Arcade Fire for just giving me one hell of a night. And that's 2022, basically, in concerts, the Dr. Zeus film podcast. It's been a trip. It's been a good trip, and fuck it. I paid for it. <laughs> so, um, let's have a moment of silence for the victims of Colo the Colorado shooting. May we all live and continue to live and to remember those who have passed who are gone and in America because I'm aware that I have you know just listeners all over the world in America we celebrate Thanksgiving and I'm th and, you know we must be thankful for everything that we have and uh, to end this show because I always have my evidence I'm going to take out my copy of Coney Island of the Mind by the brilliant Lawrence Ferlinghetti. I'm going to read it for you. Not 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 as brilliant as it was read at the concert. Um, although that that remains to be seen <laughs> right now. Let me see it. Oh, it's under some CDs. Okay, I don't want to break them. All right, ah, here we go. I also have his one of his recent books. <sighs> I love this book, and oh God, what a what an interesting character Lawrence Ferlinghetti was. 
Just interesting. Oh, this is, is this the, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I should read this. Yeah. What could she say to the fantastic fully bear? And what could she say to brother? And what could she say to the cat with the future feet? And what could she say to mother after that time that she lay lush among the lolly flowers on the hot river bank? where ferns fell away in the broken air of the breath of her new lover, of her lover, and birds went mad and threw themselves from trees to taste still hot upon the ground, the spilled sperm seed. That's why I wanted to read that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, this is perfect. In Golden Gate Park that day, a man and his wife were coming along through the enormous meadow, which was the meadow of the world. He was wearing green suspenders and carrying an old beat-up flute in one hand while his wife had a bunch of grapes. She kept handing out individually to various squirrels as, it, as if each were a little joke. And then the two of them came on through the enormous meadow, which was the meadow of the world, and then at a very still spot where the trees dreamed and seemed to have been waiting through all time, for them, they sat down together on the grass without looking at each other and ate oranges without looking at each other and put the peels in a basket which they seemed to have brought for the purpose without looking at each other. And then he took his shirt and undershirt off but kept his hat on sideways and without saying anything fell asleep under it. And his wife just sat there looking at the birds which flew about calling to each other in the silly air, as if they were questioning existence or trying to recall something forgotten. But then finally she, let too, lay down flat and just lay there looking up at nothing, yet fingering the old flute, which nobody played, and finally looking over at him without any particular expression except a certain awful look of terrible depression. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Oh jeez. Ferlinghetti, you fucking genius. And I sadly I have yet to go to City Light Books. I was thinking of going early on Sunday so I could go to City Light Books, but then I thought of parking. Um Peacocks walked under the night trees in the lost moonlight. When I went out looking for love that night, a ring dove cooed in a cove. A cloche told twice, once for the birth and once for the death of love that night. Oh my God, Ferlinghetti. Ferlinghetti genius. The title of this book is taken from Henry Miller's Into the Night Life and expresses the way F Lawrence Ferlinghetti felt about these poems when he wrote them during a short period in the 1950s, as if they were taken together, a kind of Coney Island of the mind, a kind of circus of the soul. A Coney Island of the mind is not about the geographical Coney Island. The author intended it as a sustained metaphor or allegory of modern life. Ferlinghetti's A Coney Island of the Mind has become a modern classic. It has been translated into nine languages, and there are now over a million copies in print.
Mr. Lawrence Ferlinghetti, who died last year at the age of 101. And so that's the Dr. Zeus Phone Podcast. I figure I'd, I'd give it to you. So let's all be one with one another. I'm tired of the hate. I'm tired of, you know, I understand if you if you have faith and all that, but don't use it in a in a hateful way to torment others and try to justify violence and try to justify divisions. Fuck that. Um, to Arcade Fire, thank you for a magnificent night. And to Lawrence Ferlinghetti for writing those words in the 1950s, for opening City Life books, for giving Allen Ginsberg and uh, uh, Jack Kerouac a voice, a place where they could publish their work, because City Life Books has a printing press. That was Ferlinghetti's whole intention, because he said that the, the bookstores in Europe had printing presses in the bookstore. You can make your own books. And, you know, we all know what happened and how got them in trouble. And they went to court uh, for obscenity. <laughs> I mean, we can laugh at it now, but that was fucking scary. So, um, and Arcade Fire echoed some of that last night. Freedom of thought, freedom of expression. So, as always, unpleasant dreams. Beep.